drink. Look at this. What? The humans finally made it to the moon. No freaking way. Wow. Yeah. So that means in about 20 years, they'll have flying cars. In about 30, they should be able to get rid of all their diseases. I can't even imagine what they can accomplish with 50 or 60 years. You really think so? Yeah, something tells me that's not gonna happen. And why not? In this 20th century alone? Don't you remember the wars? Does the world wars ring a bell? Or the Great Depression? Civil War? Yeah, but they also had, in the 20th century, the Wright Brothers. They introduced us to Mickey Mouse. And, of course, Disneyland opened. Ah, uh, you and Disney. And who knows what will happen next? Maybe they'll find a way to saw through the air with their own personal motor vehicles. Or live on Mars or something. I can't see humans doing any of that. I think you're wrong. You have to have a little faith. If they could put their minds to it, they could accomplish anything. Look at them with the moon landing, or Elvis, or even Charlie Chaplin. I will admit the landing on the moon is a great achievement. Exactly. Okay, let's come back to Earth between 50 to 60 years and see how far they've come. We'll even actually visit them. Sounds like a plan. Can we visit Disneyland? <sighs> Fine. There was quite a bit of craziness for the next 53 years. The rest of the 20th century, humans experienced many good and bad events, like the Vietnam War, Star Wars, the Watergate scandal, the Cold War, AIDS, introduction to video games, Michael Jackson, the internet, 9-11, America's first black president, COVID-19, and so much more. A ton of wonderful and tragic events have occurred. After 53 years since the moon landing, our alien friends entered the Earth's atmosphere, excited to see what the humans have done. So, where do we go first? I don't know. Uh, let's pick a house at random. How about over there? A farm? Yeah, it's in the middle of nowhere. Not many humans here to spot us. Eh, when you're right, you're right. Hello. Uh, ah! What happened? Uh, yeah! Please don't kill me. We're not gonna kill you. What are you? Are, are you aliens? Well, I guess you, we are the aliens. <laughs> I guess we are. <laughs> You're thinking of... <laughs> we just wanted to check in on you humans. See what you've been up to since the moon landing. What moon landing? The first moon landing, you know. Oh. Oh, yeah, that thing? I heard it was fake. What do you mean, fake? I heard it was all staged. Do all humans think that? Yep. Huh. I can definitely tell you that was 100% true. Okay, cool. So, you're not gonna put anything in my butt? What? Ew! No! Why would we do that? Isn't that what aliens do? No! Are you here to abduct me? Are you going to take me to your home planet? Definitely not. We just had the floors waxed on the ship. Heh! <laughs> Can you imagine a human on our ship? Yeah! I was trying to be a little nicer than that. I'm sure this human doesn't mind me being straightforward. Are you here to kill me? Nope. Yeah, we're not the murdering types. Oh. Okay. I guess that's good. <laughs> Of course it is. We're friendly. Super friendly. Well, do you guys want something to drink? No, thank you. I'm not that thirsty, but I am feeling a little hungry. What do you guys eat? Human flesh. What? Really? No, I'm just kidding. Huh. 
That was pretty funny. Thanks. I don't think it was funny. But I am curious to know what that thing is. What is? That thing over there on the pole. Oh, this thing? On the tripod? Yes. Oh, that's my phone. I use it to get in touch with other people. Oh, you guys made a new communication device, huh? Very interesting. Flork, I gotta say, this is looking pretty good. I told you. Who's Flork? I'm Flork. Oh. And this is my partner in crime, Drink. Uh, why is it on the pole? I was making a TikTok. TikTok? What is that? It's one of the most popular apps on the planet. It allows us to download short videos as us doing stuff like lip-singing and dancing and show it to the world. I see. So after solving all your medical and social problems, you humans had the time to entertain yourselves. No, all those problems still exist. We did come back 50 years following the moon landing, right? Yeah, it's been 53 years. Are you sure? It's 2022, Drink. Trust my maths. I just don't get it. Don't get what? I don't get you humans. Why'd you guys stop advancing? I don't know. Maybe because of Trump? What the hell is a Trump? It's not all that bad. We got cool phones and social media now. Uh, and Elden Ring. Uh, social media? It's like websites and apps that enable us to create and share content. It's social networking. So let me get a straight. You gave up flying cars and being free from all diseases for TikTok and social media. I told you, it's Trump's fault. I told you. I hate it when you're right. Out of place, we ain't caring about your feelings, yeah. Anytime, any place, you can feel it here. Steven, then you out of space, so we clear the air. Any topic, and it's safe, so just be prepared. Don't assume, keep it straight, we might keep it fair. The news for the page, we gon' keep it real. If you tune in, then you sick for real. The Bluetooth, we took the red pill. Every image in the video, talk about it. Different views on the subject, we must talk about it. At the end of the day, we just talking, homie. Only me in the room, but it's like a party. Introducing... Stephen Daniel, author, artist, all-around great guy. Ladies, the reason why so many men have a foot fetish is because many of them lost their virginity to a sock. Hello, out-of-placers! Just in case nobody's told you today, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You are amazing. Your smile is very nice, and I love you, you wonderful degenerate. It's pumpkin spice season. And yes, I am one of those people. My wife and I count down for that kind of thing. Why? Because to me, pumpkin spices fall. I was born and raised in South Florida, and in the land of eternal summer, there is no fall. Apple picking? Get the hell out of here. Colorful, crunchy leaves you hear when you're wearing boots? What the hell are you talking about? So what made it fall for me was all the products that companies release over the years. I love pumpkin spice stuff. Give me cookies, muffins, lattes, and the latest addiction that started a couple of years ago, pumpkin cream cold brew at Starbucks. So very yummy. There are many people, and you're probably one of those people that dread fall because of your hatred of pumpkin spice anything. You sit at the Thanksgiving table and be like, blah, no pumpkin pie for me. I understand, though. I've met people who hate chocolate. I get that everyone's taste is different, but I know your little secret. You only say you hate it to fit in. And you're probably on your way to Dunkin' to get a pumpkin spice frap at this very minute. I won't tell anybody. Hey, listeners, do you remember when everything was shut down and we were all locked in our homes? You were probably like me, thinking, I f hate this. And now everything opened back up, thank goodness. But I'm like, yeah, I hate this, too. 
I recently went to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party and I came up with a tip for the Disney fans with kids that will make it all smooth. Don't bring your kids. I'm just kidding. It's just parents don't really go on vacation. We just take care of our kids in a different city. Anyways, but I used to like the Halloween party, but people ruin it. I used to love taking my boys to Disney and having them trick or treat with the costumes on and riding rides, wearing the costumes. This was the first time going to that event since the pandemic, and I don't think it's worth it anymore. You pretty much pay money just to wear costumes and get candy that you can buy at Walmart. The best parts of the event are the character greetings, shows, and parades. But it's a big headache to do those experiences. The character greetings have characters that you would only see at that event. Like a couple of things I saw at these events are like Max from the Goofy movie wearing that Powerline outfit dancing and sh**. In California, I took a pic with Donald and Goofy in their Kingdom Hearts gear. As a Kingdom Hearts fan, I really enjoyed that one. But those lines can be over an hour, just for one character. Then the shows, which at Magic Kingdom, the Hocus Pocus show is amazing. I loved it. Actually, I'm going to leave the link in the description of that show because it was fun to see. I'm a fan of Hocus Pocus movie, and I'm looking forward to Hocus Pocus 2. Anyways... To get a good spot to see that show and the fireworks, you have to be there an hour and a half before the show. I've seen people set up two hours before these shows. For the parade, it's recommended to wait about an hour before the parade starts. F*** that shit. I normally skip that because that's when the lines for the big rides die down. There's a tip. Here's another one. Don't eat at the same time as everyone else. Let's say like lunch. 12 p.m. So many people eat lunch at the same time. Do what I do. Eat at 11 a.m. when the rides are still busy. And then when you go ride afterwards, the lines are not as bad. Anyways, I don't want to pay just to wait so long for a few minute show. I actually prefer to go to a Disney park at rope drop. And for amateurs, that means being at the park at opening. I usually stay at Shades of Green, which is for active duty members and veterans. It is considered a Disney resort, so we get the magic hours and all that. The property sits right across the Polynesian Resort to give you an idea where it's at. Don't waste your money on the Halloween event. The treats and the decor you see on YouTube is available all day. You don't have to attend the event to eat some of those yummy treats and get a good Instapic with the pumpkin Mickey. And like I said, it's people that ruin things. We had a nice spot for the boys and here comes adults squeezing in a tiny, tiny space in front of us and blocks the little one's view. So instead of the boys watching Oogie Boogie on stage, they have to watch this white man's fat ass. Then I have to be an ass and get the little one and carry him the whole show blocking people behind me. Listen, I love to spread love. I do, but people make it so hard to do so. I'm always worrying about how I make other people feel when nobody really checks up on me. Well, except my mom and also Netflix. Shout out to Netflix for being one of the few that checks in on me every hour asking me, are you still watching? Of course, baby. Thank you for asking. I'm at that stage of my life where I'm getting pretty good at keeping myself out of arguments. So if you told me two plus three is 47, I would tell you, hey, you know what? You're absolutely right. That's how you win. This is one of those secrets to happiness is never to argue with stupid people. I just don't give a shit anymore. I stopped giving a shit about yesterday. Don't give a shit today and probably won't give a tomorrow. You just have to raise your pumpkin spice latte in the air and drink to love and honor. If you can't come in here, then come on her. I saw that a couple of days ago on TikTok and I had to share that with you lovely listeners because I love you guys. I do. And you know who else I love? Your mom. Why? Because she chose not to swallow you and now you get to listen to the Out of Place podcast and listen to me about things. It's great.
Now, it is time to talk about the holiday plans. For those of you who are new for the October, November, and December episodes, I like to step away from talking about serious stuff and have fun by creating long audio dramas. For the month of October, I plan to recreate the War of the Worlds audio drama that was aired on October 30th, 1938. I actually wanted to do the first graphic novel of The Walking Dead, but the copyright holders never answered me back, so I had to figure something else out. The War of the Worlds audio drama itself is not that scary, but the chaos that happened during it always got my interest. I studied this audio drama and the original film and the remake with Tom Cruise in the film class in high school. Because of having to break down these stories, I became a big fan. I geeked out when I saw that plane crash set at the Universal Studios Hollywood tour. The tram drives through that plane crash set from the Tom Cruise one. Anyways, it was said that many people thought that this audio drama was real. Some say that the hysteria was fake news and that people freaking out didn't really happen, but there are many people who said that they misunderstood the radio drama as a news broadcast that aliens were attacking New Jersey. I think it was just the media making something out of nothing because a few thousand people jumped to conclusions. Yes, there was a small percentage of listeners that were frightened, but by the time the show was done, it was clear that this was all fake and that the U.S. was not under attack by Martians. I want to recreate that audio drama that people heard and only switching a couple of things like the music and Ginger swapping a couple of roles. I think it will be fun. For November, King Ducky is going to host the episode with a few of his friends. For December, Big Vinny and Lenny return in a Lenny's Christmas Carol. I started writing this in Orlando during my January trip, and I can tell you it's going to be a great send-off. The characters will return in the future in an animated series. I have big plans for them. Let's get this episode started. For the touchy topic, I'm going to talk about the lack of respect in America. Britt talks about the popos. Sammy gives you some more Danganronpa. King Ducky vents about the bad month he's been having. Buffalo Bailey talks about Labor Day and how it came to be. Luna talks motivation and tells us a couple of her favorite horror movies. Alex Hopper gives us world and local news and also goes into Argentina's education system. So sit back at home, at work, or in your car and enjoy the episode. Time to get touchy, get ready to be triggered, sensitive topics. Oh, look, they're about to cry, all consensus, we'll see. Nobody likes a snowflake, what is Steven's problem today? With the lack of respect out there, I don't recognize this country anymore. We are becoming two Americas. We are divided by policy. We are divided by politics. We are divided by race. We are divided by gender. We are divided by wealth. We are divided by beliefs. We are the divided states of America. For the past few years, I have been seeing America decline and become more divided than I ever could imagine. You got economic inequality, which is a huge gap between the rich and the poor, between corporate and the workers. There is also a moral decline that is destroying our society like a cancer. That includes mass shootings, racial tension, fraud, and so on. I see marriage rates drop because the war between modern feminism and men have couples afraid of marriage. They don't believe that a strong family makes for strong communities. People in relationships today are very quick to give up. I've seen education getting more expensive for a ridiculously one-sided curriculum that doesn't let students think freely. Students are getting these degrees that don't help them, and they end up swimming in a lot of student debt. We got expensive and inaccessible health care that adds to the decline. Drive through downtown areas and pay attention to everything there. Look at the buildings, look at the roads, look at the highways, military bases, and observe the many buildings owned by the governments 
and you will see the crumbling infrastructure. Of course, there is a ton of obvious government corruption. And if you don't see it, I'm sorry, but you're fucking blind. Look at inflation. I know it's hard right now, but the best plan to get through this inflation is to stop keeping your money in the bank and spend it on beer and on that amazing person who will give you oral. You'll forget all this bullshit. Obviously, I'm joking, but I don't think it's inflation for all this chaos. I feel like I've said this before, but I believe that it's just a bunch of billionaires who heard the media say, hey, guys, there might be inflation. And these billionaires saw the opportunity to raise prices so that they could make the highest profits in history. That's what I think is happening. There was this one lie that I remember being told as a kid. You'll get it when you get older. You'll understand things much better when you're older. Well, I'm older and I don't understand anything one f bit. These are just some things that are adding to the decline. There are a ton more, like tax loopholes, attack on Christians, unaffordable housing, obesity. The list can go on and on. But to me, one of the top things that bothers me so much, and this could be tied to everything I just said, is people not respecting each other because they're fighting about all of this they all want the same result, but fighting because of how they want it done. It's fucking stupid. I don't see any compassion for each other at all. It's not a good message we're sending to younger generations. We're teaching them that we should tear each other down no matter what if they disagree. I'm done with all the hate. I'm done with all the one-sidedness. And I'm done with the complete lack of respect for each other. People disrespect me because I love God, because I am honest and will not spew bullshit just because I have to pick a side, because I have a respect for authority. We've become a country of hate, doing nothing but blaming others for shit they didn't even do. America now is a home to a bunch of entitled little it's me, 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 my, 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 my. You know what? Hook mocks these wusses better than I can. And your mindless, inexhaustible, unstoppable, repetitive, and nagging demands. He took my toy. She hit my bear. I want a potty. I want a cookie. I want to stay up. I want, I want, I want me, 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 me. Mine, 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 mine. Now, now, now. <sighs> Can't you understand, child? They tell you stories to shut you up and conk you out. Everything changed out of fear that someone might be offended. To me, it's not about being political. It's about standing up and doing things you believe in, but in a respectful manner. That's what you should want to do. But people got too comfortable disrespecting each other, being a follower, being a mindless robot, being a dependent sheep. Many people believe the most frequently washed body parts are the hands, but I think it's the brain. Every morning I wake up and I feel so grateful that I am not a brainwashed anti-American piece of sh**. Steven, go f*** yourself, you Trump supporter. First of all, Trump. And jokes on you, I was planning to go f*** myself in the morning because that's how I like to get the day started. All of this hatred and lack of respect for each other starts young. I look at how I talked to my parents growing up versus how I've seen people younger than me talk to their parents. Disrespect was deeply feared in the past because there would be severe consequences. Today, it is more than just talking back. I've seen young adults tell their parents to shut the f*** up. I've seen small children yell orders at their parents or even hit them if they didn't get what they wanted. I'm not saying that young kids and young adults are completely evil and it's all their fault. I truly think that it, it is their parents' fault. It's how you're raised. I always could tell when a parent knows how to parent or when they want to be best friends with their kids or when they just don't give a sh**. 
So many times I've seen parents not respecting their children as well. Those parents have that because I said so mentality. And they take shit out on their kids using harsh tones, negative words, deconstructive criticisms, and use a ton of profanity at their children. And their excuses, well, I had it worse growing up. You don't know what I went through. When children see their parents doing all this, guess what? The children are going to deal with anger the same way with everything in life, from how they talk to teachers, to co-workers, to employers, to customers, to gamers, to family, to friends, and so on. You get it. Entitled, disrespectful pieces of shit are being raised because of parents. I get not agreeing on many things. I get it. But sometimes you hear bullshit from people and you know that it's just an echo chamber of other bullshit people. Like when you hear conservatives say things like, See the 13 on my shirt with the stars around it? It's for the soldiers that Biden killed. Biden said that he did this and he did that. He is not the commander in chief. He's a liar in chief. That's what he is. He ain't doing nothing except messing up this country. He be f***ing it up for our kids. He be f***ing it up for our grandbabies. He be up the whole future. Biden says we're going to have a better future. No, Mr. Brandon, because you've done it up already. Trump is a true hero because he made peace with the messed up leaders of the world. Hey, Biden supporter, how stupid do you feel? Are you happy that you up this whole country? Are you happy that your president messed with your money? Are you happy that you're paying triple for cheese? Are you happy with the gas prices? L- look at what y'all did with COVID. I never believed in COVID. It was a mind control thing. It was all a hoax. And I don't understand how you Biden supporters understand what the f- he be saying. I don't think he understands what he's saying too. And I'ma say it like it is. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. They both need to be impeached. Get Donald J. Trump back in here in office so he can save us all and get us back on track before the Taliban kills us with our own military equipment. And it's funny that these Democrats think that we're hiding. We're not hiding because every time we say something, we get banned and they try to silence us. The greatest threat to America is not a recession or even a terrorist attack. The greatest threat to America is liberal media bias. The feminist agenda is not about the equal rights for women. It's about socialist, anti-family political movement that encourage women to leave their husbands, kill their children, practice witchcraft, destroy capitalism, and become lesbians. They also want to kill all the cows, take everyone's guns, ban hamburgers, and model our government after Venezuela. It's been a long time since the Bill back better speech nothing is built nothing is back and nothing is better trump 2024 it's the same type of they all spew out no original thought just the same bull over and over how about the liberals they aren't better the republican party is the party of insurrectionists the party of white supremacy and it is also an extremist party i can't believe how divided this country is because of trump how do we coexist with these people i'm always at a loss with them these are not political differences of opinion these are moral differences before we were all friends not anymore because of these racist republicans this is about our basic human rights the republican is against everything we stand for it's sickening what this country has become i don't see myself living in harmony with these american loving people anymore illegal immigration is a civil right we have 
have to break the idea that kids belong to parents or belong to their families. They recognize that the kids belong to the whole communities. Anyone who is fathered by a male is a byproduct of the patriarchy and should be ashamed of themselves. Civil rights laws were not passed to protect the rights of white men. You shouldn't fear the terrorists. They're mothers and fathers too. I think religion is a neurological disorder. I find it impossible to even talk to conservatives. They're not as loving and forgiving as us. So I want them to die. I lost all respect for them. I don't even talk to my family member and friends who are like this. I don't even wave a flag anymore because it became a Trump symbolism. Vote blue. It might be your last chance. And can someone please arrest Trump and his family already? It's just an endless fight of dumb people fighting other dumb people. Then mindless robots follow them and it just goes on and on and on. I learned to just tune them all out. People like to pick sides and fight. And I'm like, I'm just waiting for my credit card debt to be forgiven too. And when is the next time I can go to Disney? People fight over stupid sh- But sometimes it's funny to watch. Like people fighting about pineapple on pizza. Hawaiian pizza isn't even that bad. Most of y'all hate it because social media told you to hate it. I'm not crazy about it, but my wife and kids like it. But put some red pepper flakes on it and it's not that bad. And the hypocrisy is crazy to watch. Like watching liberals go from defund the police to support your local FBI. Funny stuff. Not really, but I do try to put humor into it just to not get that annoyed. The whole raid thing, though, it's it's a little... They didn't go after Biden's crackhead son. They didn't go after Pelosi's insider trading. They didn't go after the Clintons. They didn't go after Epstein's clients. They gave us Johnny Depp and Amber Heard as a distraction instead. And they started going after a dumbass who threatened to expose them all. They can't think logically anymore because the government is a joke. I'm always going to be shamed like that. Nobody watches them. Like, athletes can't bet on games that they have the ability to influence, but Congress can invest in companies they regulate. The divide in America has to do with our connection to the world online. How? Let's look at the time before the internet. One person can be from California, the other from Idaho. These people would probably go their whole lives not interacting with each other. A Californian didn't care about Idaho, and Idaho didn't care about California. Neither side knew of the other person's views. The person from Idaho didn't really hear how liberal California was, and the Californian person didn't know how conservative Idaho was. Their views were never clashed. They just voted their way and went on with their lives. But things are different now because of the internet. Those two people can now interact. They can argue their views. The Californian with the BLM and pronouns in their bio can now bitch out a guy from Idaho who's a church-going rancher. They both live in their bubble. Things are different in both states, but both sides think what they are saying is right because it is in their bubble. I've only been able to see it because of the military moving us around, but I got to see how people live in different states, whether it's conservative or liberal. People always had different views. We are just more aware of them now because of our online connection. Politicians today put party before the country and don't care if they're disrespecting people on the way to the White House. All this will continue for I don't know how long. We could have a great candidate that both sides could stand behind and these parties would refuse to work together. We would never again see the elections results like it was before the internet. I may not agree with many things that you guys believe. Me, as a moderate, I watch the left and right argue and I laugh and I shake my head because they still don't see that all of the government is corrupt. 
and that the government don't really care about any of us. I stand in the middle and then the left pushes me a little to the right because I'm a Christian. The conservative says, hey, are you all right? And then I'm like, yeah, thanks. Then the left goes, hey, why are you citing and talking to the bad guys? Then I talk to the left and I agree with some of the that they say and then the right thinks that I am the enemy now. I will think like how I want to think. Like, I don't like pastors and priests talking like this. I'm to the place right now, if you vote Democrat, I don't even want you around this church. You can get out. You can get out, you demon. You can get out, you baby butchering election thief. You cannot be a Christian and vote Democrat in this nation. I don't care how mad that makes you. You get pissed off as you want to. You cannot be a Christian and vote Democrat in this nation. They are God-denying demons that butcher babies and hate this nation. They hate this nation. Get mad all you want to. I don't care if you stand. I don't care if you throw tomatoes, praise God. I'm about to throw a microphone up in his house. CNN can eat my dirty socks. You cannot be a Democrat and a Christian. You cannot. Somebody say amen. The rest of you, get out. Get out. Get out in the name of Jesus. I ain't playing your stupid games. Bunch of devils. I'm sick of it. Hey, want to talk about the insurrection. Mm. Let me tell you something. You ain't seen the insurrection yet. You keep on pushing our buttons, you low-down, sorry compromisers. You God-hating communist America. You'll find out what an insurrection is because we ain't playing your garbage. We ain't playing your mess. My Bible says that the church of the living God is an institution that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And the Bible says that we'll take it by force. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. It's going to get worse. I think maps is insane. If you don't know what that is, it's minor attracted persons. In other words, pedophiles. There are sick people who are telling us not to judge them because they want to have sex with a child. Pedophiles are sick people, period. I know Hollywood is full of them and will probably come after us for saying that. But f*** them. I, I think many Karen and Amber type Christian moms should shut the f*** up when it comes to talking about sh they don't understand. Oh, Harry Potter is bad magic. But the magic in the Lion and the Witch and the Wardrobe and Lord of the Rings and Star Wars is perfectly okay. Shut the f*** up, Amber. I think paying for glasses is messed up. Some of you people get to see for free. And I have to pay to see like you. You know, using one of my five senses that God gave me. I think more people should homeschool if they can. I don't want to homeschool because I don't want my kids to be weird. Your 11-year-old son is on multiple medication for depression and anxiety, and your 10-year-old daughter is twerking in the middle of the f***ing lunchroom, Amber. I think the way the whole pandemic event was handled was complete bullshit. A few weeks ago, that Ronald McDonald Pelosi, you know what? Jim Brewer, vents and talks about it better and is way funnier than I am. Check it out. Was it three weeks ago, the scarf lady from two years ago that would come out on the podium every night like, you know, you got to make sure you get and make sure. I mean, that's the only way to save your life. Is a and then she comes out for the world to see laughing. We knew, quote, we knew, quote, these weren't as effective as we said they were. <laughs> Whoops! 
I'm sorry, were you not allowed at funeral? I'm sorry, were you banned from your family? Were you not allowed to see your grandchild? Were you not allowed to do anything? Because we said, whoops, we do. And no one battered an eyelash. Lives, jobs, all of that was lost. Division, still division. There's still some people holding on to that. No, you need 17 shots. That's why you need to get out of the circus or at least know you're in one. Because when things like that happen and people go, hmm, that's when they go, "Uh, uh, Trump got invaded, Uh, January 6th, Uh, pro-abortion. It's no, 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 no. I want to talk about what you just said. Did you just say you knew? You knew. Huh. Maybe some of my family will start accepting me again or let me in their house. Where some people start getting their jobs back. So be careful where they're pushing you to stare at and the evil that they're trying to put in you. Last night. Come on, that was silly. That was something out of South Park. He's got red demonic things behind him. It was goofy. It's goofy. I didn't watch it. I see it all over the place right now. My friends were all upset. I said, Don't be upset. Don't be upset. It's just a circus. They're trying to scare you. They're trying to divide you, trying to get you to hate. Don't hate. Enjoy this weekend. Don't even bring it up. Don't even bring it up. Enjoy life. Find laughter. You don't have to watch Silly in San Diego, but watch something that'll make you laugh. We got to start. You know, if you want to take care of your body, if you want to take care of your body, you start eating better. If you want to take care of your mind, stop watching stuff that make you mad, emotionally pissed, uh, consumes your Energy, energy is real, and controlling your energy, whether you believe it or not, is a real thing. There are great entities trying to control your energy. That is real, whether you believe it or not. People will consume themselves staring at it and just wanting to, to find more hate. See this and that. That's so unhealthy for your life. Think of how much purity and love you have inside you to offer to so many people. Tap into that. Deep program. And the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, admits major COVID mistakes and has plans to fix the agency, calling it a reset. Listen, vaccine pushers, and I'm speaking on behalf of many pissed off people. I'm speaking for all the people and their children who had to get the jab because they were in fear. Fuck you. For all those people who died alone in the hospital beds because nobody could visit them. Fuck you. I'm speaking for those who lost their livelihood, for those who lost their jobs, for those who lost their family members and couldn't be there to say goodbye or even attend a funeral. I say to you, CDC, and all the corrupt politicians, and to all the corporate bastards, f*** you. I'm sorry, listeners. I do try to keep cool most of the time. And, I, and I'm only this frustrated because i got to press record and talk about this. Most of the time, I... Usa, you know, from Bad Boys 2, just Usa. It's going to take a lot of prayer and medication for me not to be pissed off all the time for sh- like this. Let's go back to the other things that people disagree with me on. Like 
I think vabbing is disgusting. It's a disgusting trend to me. Vabbing? What is that? You ready? Because I wasn't. Vabbing is a word that combines vagina and dabbing. Dabbing what? Dabbing vaginal secretions on your body as if they were droplets of perfume. For those of you that don't know what that is because of our failed school system, it's pussy juice. They are putting it on their bodies like if it was perfume. It is thought to make women more attractive to others. The women that are doing this think that vabbing will attract potential partners because vaginal secretions contain pheromones. Apparently, this is nothing new. It previously went mildly viral in 2019 when a sexologist wrote about it in her book. All I have to say is that if the pandemic wasn't enough for you gross people to carry sanitizing wipes around, I think you should start now before these vabbing touches your nachos next thing you know men will be rubbing piss on their beards to make it grow quicker i think that the trans kids bill california is passing is stupid now california is a legal destination for kids who want to make their sex changes permanent to me that's a form of child abuse kids should be focusing on gaming climbing flying a kite going swimming you know doing kids it's the parents who convinces their child to cut their off or make their daughter sterile so they could be the shining progressive parents on social media and to the world say look at us i get wanting to let your child be free and be who they are i'm with you 100 percent. that's how i see it this is when christians get pissed off at me i'm led to believe that god created all of us right why the f- would he create somebody and then be like oh you know what you're going to hell i truly believe that when a boy feels like a girl or a girl feels like a boy. That's how God made them. And they're not going to hell because of that. I don't care who you are, what sexual orientation you are, what you call yourself, what your pronouns are. I don't care. I feel like you're going to go to heaven. This is what I believe. If you just believe in God, if you accept Jesus in your heart, that's it. And all we have to do, what Jesus preaches, is to spread love. But of course, the judgmental Christians that do worship behind closed doors, they're the ones that picked big giant fights and kept the war going. So I get it. I get wanting to let your children be free. But those permanent decisions, cutting off a boy's, making a girl sterile, those things should be when they're adults, just like getting a tattoo. Because I've seen many people, they're adults and they regret. And some of these people do commit suicide because of their depression and they they regret it. And I get it. Maybe you're 100, 100, 100 percent sure, you know, but kids shouldn't be pressured by their parents. If your kids are gay or whatever they want to be. Yes, in your homes, parents, you got to accept them. That's your kid. Don't disown them, but be a parent. These type of decisions should not be left to the kids. But I know, and I've seen it. I've seen people with the interviews and they talk about it. Watch a lot of these liberal talk shows and stuff that they're interviewing. And it's more about the parents. It's more about status. I'm like, oh, my kid is gay. Look, my kid is in transition. Those parents, instead of worrying about how they look to the world, They need to make their children feel comfortable at home and teach them how to deal with bullshit pricks out there instead of mutilating them to get recognition. Let's move on to other things that people disagree with me on. I think that it's hypocritical that the wall is suddenly not racist. We are now going to finish Trump's wall, but it's totally fine now. They're just fixing sections of Arizona that are extremely dangerous for migrants to cross the river there. It's dangerous for them. We have to fix it for them. We have to make it safe. It's not a racist wall anymore. It proves what I've always known. It's all bullshit. The politicians say that they are for migrants, but they're still building a wall when they could have built, I don't know, maybe a bridge if they want them all in. But they built a wall because guess what? It works. Just like it does around those politicians and those celebrities' houses. They have the wall around their houses to protect them, right? You see, it's easy when all these politicians, celebrities talk 
from afar. Like the mayor of D.C. is all for migrants until they showed up in her backyard. They thought Texas was full of it until busloads of illegals started pouring into their towns. They were all able to bullshit voters for years because out of sight, out of mind. But now they have to do something. And they don't know what to do except to complain about it on national TV and get all the liberal media to say how horrible and wrong Texas is. They wanted Texas to spend millions on dealing with the border problem. And Texas said, which is f***ed up because they're using taxpayers' money as well to do this type of sh. But they said, we're tired of it. Here you go. You have all the answers and control things on a federal level. So here's all the immigrants. Do something. And then now Texas is doing it to New York, too. It would be interesting to see what happens before the midterm elections, because changing the definition from building the wall to filling the wall ain't going to work. And I've seen that a lot lately. People just changing the definitions of words to fit their narrative and mindless robots accepting it. Hey, let's change the definition of every word that don't work for our benefit. Change the word to gender. Change the word of vaccine. Change the word receipt. Session. Listen to Biden's reply when he was questioned about the wall during the campaign. President Obama was known as the deporter in chief, removing more than three million people during the Biden um, Obama um, administration. Trump campaigned you made me on build Thank that you. wall. I did. No, the Obama Biden administration. Trump campaigned on um, build that wall. Are you willing to tear that wall down? No, I'm, there will not be another foot of wall constructed on my administration. Number one. Number two, what I'm going to focus on, and the, and your, uh, uh, the fact is that somebody in this group written a lot about the border. Um, I'm going to make sure that we have border protection, but it's going to be based on making sure that we use high-tech capacity to deal with it. And at the ports of entry, what that's where all the, the bad stuff is. Uh, what about end, the land confiscations? What about the land confiscations? End, end, stop, done, over, not going to do it withdraw the, 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 the lawsuits. We're out. We're not going to confiscate the land. They are hoping people will forget he said that. But the Biden administration authorized completion of the Trump-funded U.S.-Mexico border wall. But they're not finishing the wall. They're just simply filling it. It's only racist when the other side builds the wall. They have all the mindless robots that they need. Mindless robots who feel proud when they vote for these people and will never admit that they're wrong because none of this us regular folks go through they don't have to go through it they got money they got security they got health care they got private schools for their kids but f the rest of us unless we use the proper hashtag inside with them hey listen it's okay to question an election the dems are flipping out of how republicans are questioning the election but they did nothing but do that during the 2016 election and when trump got in office they kept complaining about how it was not fair and how trump wasn't their president and how it was russia's fault they did that the whole time another thing that people will disagree with me on is biden's speech first I've always joked that Democrats and Republicans today seem like all the villains we've seen in movies and in comic books. They'd be doing some messed up sh all the time, both sides. And when I saw that background in his speech, I was just like, come on. I was just joking. I got that we're going to blow up your planet with our Death Star vibes. To me, it was a very divisive speech. You know what it is to see a president label those that didn't vote for him as a threat to democracy and the rule of law? Just because they didn't vote for him? What? This was a disunity speech. For politicians and celebrities, it is easier to go that route, to call people names, than to listen to concerns and fears from other people. I think it's f***ed up that many people 
that feel this way came from another country where they don't have the right to do much of anything and they come here excited and suddenly be a target because they love America. It is very heartbreaking. What are they going to tell their children about the future? If you didn't hear the speech, here's a little clip. That sacred flame still burns. Now in our time, as we build an America that is more prosperous, free and just, that is the work of my presidency, a mission I believe in with my whole soul. But first, we must be honest with each other and with ourselves. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now, I want to be very clear, very clear up front. <clears throat> not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. These are hard things. But I'm an American president, not a president of red America, blue America, but of all America. And I believe it's my duty, my duty to love with you, to tell the truth, no matter how difficult, no matter how painful. And here, in my view, is what is true. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. And they're working right now, as I speak, in state after state, to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies, empowering election deniers to undermine democracy itself. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards, backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy. What is a MAGA Republican? It's people who sided with Trump. That's all. But guess what? Biden walked back his attack on MAGA just after his speech. I don't consider any Trump supporter or a threat to the country. I was talking about people who use, who call for violence. Why did he have to backtrack? Because there was a lot of backlash from both sides that he had to deal with. And then also, before the election, he said that if he is elected president, he will always choose to unite rather than divide. That he will take responsibility instead of blaming others like Trump did. That he will never forget that the job isn't about him, that the job is about the American people. And with that speech, all that good stuff that he said before became bullshit. We were taught, growing up, individualism. But it's the opposite of what we're dealing with right now. A divided nation is easy to control because the divided nation will do all of the fighting for the people that's running. Sh that's why I think identity politics is. It doesn't matter if you're white, black or brown systematically. Yes, that matters. But when it comes to the big picture, the real thing keeping someone down, keeping people miserable, it's not the white guy with guns around the corner. It's not the immigrant. It's the ruling class, the politician, the rich that hide behind politicians. I'm talking generational rich. The Democrats and the Republicans are the same.
thing. They have done such a good job convincing the public that they are on your side and that there are only two parties. The reality is that they don't give 10 f***s about you. They're all friends because they are the ruling class. All the fighting that everyone is doing on social media or even in person should be taken to the government and the media. We are just focusing on fighting each other instead of the f that instigated it. Trust me when I say that the ruling class would be so f terrified if everyone figured it out. You have to see that they're lying to you. Your enemy is not your neighbor who believes differently than you. The enemy is the one who makes up the rules to make your life worse and their life better so that they continue filling their pockets with money that you give them. I don't think people hate America. I think we just hate these pieces of politicians and rich that ruin it. That is the reality. And it took me a little bit to realize that, but now I see it. The political climate in this country is very bad right now. It doesn't matter which side of the aisle you sit at. The inability for Americans to get along with each other and try to work out problems is what is dragging this country down. It is what is f***ing with our future. It feels like every subject you talk about, whether it's politics or the best butter to eat your sourdough bread with, always leads to an all-out civil war. And it's getting tiring. A Marvel movie comes out or a Marvel show and it's like, oh, is it too woke? A game comes out and there's a fight. Even if we don't agree on many things, we still have to be respectful to each other. What does it mean to show respect? I mean, we all know how to spell it thanks to Aretha Franklin. To me, it's understanding the value and uniqueness of other people. Be mindful of other people's feelings. Putting yourself in other people's shoes to understand them better. Respect goes a long way. Look at my marriage. I respect my wife like crazy. She respects me in return. Then our children see this and they're respectful to each other most of the time because you can't go through life with siblings and not fight. That's just how it is. I mean, I wish they didn't fight. But when my children are out in the world, they make me so very proud because of the respect they have for other people. People are always telling me how well behaved they are, how kind they are, and how respectful they are. It gets me and my wife all goose pimply and proud which usually leads to us taking them to Target to get some toys because they did all this on their own. We didn't have to do a, 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 a speech before. They just do it. When it comes to the work I do on this podcast and other things that are in the works, but the people that I work with love working with me because I do nothing but show them respect. And it's not just me being conceited or being a narcissist, but people say nice things to me all the time after our project is completed. And usually I get emotional because it feels good when somebody says something nice about you. The people that I work with, what their politics are, what their beliefs are, it doesn't matter to me. As long as they show me and the other people that are working with us respect. And if all of us have a go to entertain our lovely listeners. Let's wrap this segment up. The problem with being respectful towards each other is not the politician's fault. There have been many good and many corrupted politicians for hundreds of years. It's not the liberals' fault. It's not the conservatives' fault. It's not the media's fault because they only amplify and quadruple the chaos based on what is already going on. It's not the police's fault. It's not racism. It's not income inequality. It's home. Where did I learn what was right and what was wrong? At home. Where did I learn to work together to get done, whether it was housework or Gaming with my little brother, working with each other, and that, uh, doing stuff. It was at home. Where did I learn to have deep conversations and have healthy debates? At home. Where did I learn how to treat others like how I want them to treat me? At home. Where did I learn to do good, to spread love, to not be a racist, to know how not to be a narcissist? At 
home. Where did I learn to love thy neighbor? You guessed it, at home. I learned all of that and more at home. I'm a divorced child and many would see that as a broken home, but to me, it was a blessing in disguise. I got to get more perspectives on the world and other things. I was fortunate enough to have two sets of parents who gave a damn about me. That's what made me who I am today. That's why I think the way I think. The only people that have a problem with me are people that believe rumors or people that really pissed me off. I'm one of those people that you have to do a lot and you have to me over for me to be mad at you, to not give a about you anymore. But people that really know me, that don't disrespect me, even if we have fought or argued and we reconciled and we forgive each other, they know who I am. They know the type of person I am. People that have known me on a personal level, who has called me or have worked with me, they know, and I'm thankful for them. So many people blame all their problems on family, and I understand that because they probably did go through some. Family isn't perfect, but they are way better than the celebrities' bullshit life. Listen, you've heard, respect isn't earned, it's given. I think everyone should be respected. Doesn't matter where you're from or who you are, you deserve to be respected. It builds trust. It's what civilized people do. It makes people feel good. It enables people to be themselves. It teaches you to respect yourself. And it's so easy to do. You just have to put yourself in other people's shoes by listening. You need to learn to compromise, to show empathy, to apologize when you're wrong, to always be polite, to support people when they need help. Like I said, it is so very easy to do. If everyone showed respect, we would have a positive environment most of the time because there will always be people like that Amber who called the cops on your party. If someone disagrees with you, just talk respectfully about the issues. Find a middle ground you both can agree on if it's possible to do that. If it's not, walk away. That's all you could do. Walk away Then go do something that will put a smile on your face. And you have to understand that it is not hate speech if the other person's opinion is different than yours. In a world filled with conflict, it is easy to be disrespectful. But if the other person seems like they don't deserve it, it is your job to show them respect. And like I just said, all you could do is what? Walk away. You have to accept the fact that every human, including yourself, is imperfect. And every single person, no matter how shitty they are, is worthy of your love and respect. That is how we become united. That is how we get shit done the right way. People may like to divide us, but just remember, united we stand, divided we fall. And I know it's corny, but I like it. I thought it was our ability to love that made us human. But last night, trying to log in to check my stocks, I realized that what makes us human is the ability to select each image containing a traffic light. I know I made a joke at the, what feels like a weird time, but I had to throw that in there to lighten things up. Hopefully I made you smile that great, beautiful smile. I don't care what your beliefs are. I don't care if you're on the opposite side of me. I will fight for you to have your beliefs always, 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 always. Steven's got your back. And I'm sure many of the hosts that work on this podcast also feel the same way. That's why I chose them. That's why I casted them because they are also great people too. And we will always fight for you to have your beliefs. We may not think like you. We may not agree with you, but that doesn't mean that you get to dictate the way we live our life based on your beliefs. 
I don't care what the news says. I don't care what the critics say. I don't care what celebrities say. You have every right in the world to think and express your feelings. Just don't force it on me or anyone. Always show respect. If you don't agree with someone, don't try to ruin him or her or destroy their life. Like I said already, and I'll say it a third time, walk away if you feel like you're going to explode. It's not the end of the world. You live your life the way you want to live. You should do things that make you happy and not follow what everyone else is doing. God cares about how we treat people. He doesn't just want us to love people who are easy to love. He wants us to love people that others find it hard to love or even care about. We have to learn to love everyone like he does. I'll leave you with this one last thing. Here is a trick to not let people get to you. It's what I do. Most people who have nothing better to do than to make other people's life miserable are adults who are emotionally damaged children trapped in an adult body. If you think this way when talking to someone who is disrespectful, you will realize that you're not going to take things so personally. Like watching Trump talk when he gets furious and he starts babbling shit. All of a sudden, I see a little kid when he tries to defend himself and he just gets a little wacky. It's easy not to take things personally. So do that to everybody who acts like a disrespectful piece of shit. Remember, listeners, you are amazing. You are great. Never change yourself unless it's to be a better version of yourself. Don't be a mindless robot just so that others will like you. Be yourself and be respectful and the right people will love the real you. Your mom's a holy moly. You won't learn anything except moaning on your neighbor's ring. That's what you get when you listen to what the brick. You'll realize that we're all just pieces of shit. Too blind with poopy rats on his ass. Me, why I'm so high? Drop the pants and show off your big giant ballroom. Use it the place where we can all play together forever and ever. Here is Brit sitting on the beach. Bear with me, guys. My mom-in-law sent me the text, being sober loosens my lips. And I'm like, okay. And then she proceeded to send this audio clip. Police Department. You was the one that come up here and brought my son in a squat car. I talked to some mess about how he took his go-kart on the highway and didn't have no helmet on. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm about red iced over it. Sir, I'm not familiar with the incident. I'm just the dispatcher. Some deputy looked like his balls ain't dropped. Said Ernie Michael didn't have no helmet. I said I told him to. I said, son, these people laid down their lives in this country so you wouldn't have to wear no helmet. Well, if he's on the interstate in a go-kart, we will pull him over. Good luck. He don't stop for no one. And his Honda run like a scouted dog. Best thing for you to do right now is get off his phone and sober up. This line's being recorded. I tell you what, you are lucky I've been drinking. A being sober loosens my tongue. <laughs> now, wasn't that a hoot? That darn redneck knows how to make a dang amazing call to the police. Well, actually, I, I didn't tell my mom-in-law that. Instead, I say, that was a good call-in, but the cop telling the guy to sober up, that really freaking annoys me. I mean, they always offer advice as if they're subhuman robots who do nothing wrong. Ugh. 
And her response was, Well, I thought that was hilarious. My mama's people in Kentucky talk just like that. And, uh, of course, you know, I didn't miss the point of the text, but I did realize that my response wasn't what she wanted to hear. She's one of those back-the-blue kind of people, and I knew that she didn't really want to engage in that kind of dialogue, so I just, I go ahead and reply with, Yeah, yeah, it was very funny. I, I just got hung up on the cops. Sorry, lol. And yes, I am one of those guys who perpetually isn't a fan of law enforcement. If there's a story about the cops being bad, I say, Oh, who would have predicted? It's hard to find the bad apples that don't get spoiled by the rotting ones that rub next to each other in those pre-bagged, over-ripened little packages in the grocery store. There's not much anyone can do to convince me otherwise, unless all of the cops got fired, and then they got replaced by unwilling volunteers that didn't even want to be there, that have the consistent track record of volunteering at the nursing home bingo on Thursday nights. But that's pretty far-fetched, right, to expect all of the police force to get fired and just replace them with someone that didn't even want to join? So if you spend a good deal amount of time on social media, I bet that you've probably stumbled across Officer Tommy Norman. He's this celebrity cop of North Little Rock, Arkansas. Honestly, I'm not even convinced he does anything that police do outside of trying to convince us that there are the good guys. I know he's a good guy, but how the hell does he post online 24-7 doing nothing but charity runs? He frequently shows special needs Davy getting spoiled by online fans' sock donations. Or Lois, this big woman of size that acts like she's his darn wife of 25 years always giving him the tood. Now, I love Officer Norman. But I can't stand how he doesn't use his platform to stand against his brethren who constantly abuse their power, the ones that consider themselves above the law. This makes me feel pretty confident that Officer Norman must be fake or he's putting blinders on so he doesn't have to call out all those jerk-offs in the pig force. I've had several piss-your-panties-in-fear moments with the police across the United States during my youthful years that furthered my stance on this subject. I'm just a little tiny white girl, and I still feel like I've been persecuted. Now, I plan to go into the details of those experiences experiences uh, sometime in the future, but it's it's really just not what I'm feeling right now. I can't even imagine what it would be like to be a minority and have to deal with the police. And even though all this shat annoys me, I stopped watching all the sports that took a knee. Okay, okay, you caught me. It was really only freaking hockey. I don't watch sports much, and I'm not desperate enough for golf yet. I was watching hockey for a little camaraderie, for the lighthearted fights, and I didn't want to have some kind of emotional reaction about George Floyd's horrific death. I don't care if George was on drugs, had COVID, or ate the last slice of pepperoni pizza. Eight and a half minutes, with a pleading crowd of people begging the cops to get off of him, was eight and a half minutes too much. But let's save that for another time. Not during hockey. You might consider it hypocritical that I think that the social media cop needs to pipe up and call out those other bad eggs. But the thing is, it's the integrity of his job. If internal investigations worked, we would see police officers that took action when needed, not just when it takes a chance to kick a man who's already down. So please, send this request to Officer Tommy Norman. Please, take a stand against all police corruption. And you guys, ask yourself, when you hear the sirens or see a cop car when you're driving, do you feel safer? Or do you check your speed, perk up, and ask yourself, is there anything that you might be pulled over for that you're doing illegally that you didn't even try to do illegally but somehow you might wind up in jail? Did the alcohol from your Listerine mouthwash fully dissipate? Or is today your day for a DUI? Now, if any of what I said bothered you, you probably know some swine personally. Or you just vote R for retard on election day. Hope I didn't offend you more than you deserve. Uh, if anything, you listen to a moderately hilarious call-in to the police. Happy September.
Sammy Lucius at the Boombox, and today we're doing part two of our Danganronpa series. Now, I have a very special surprise for October, so I want to finish the Danganronpa series before then, which means now I'll combine both games into one script. I'll be talking about Danganronpa 2 and 3 in this episode, so I hope you're ready for a despair-inducing time, because this is going to throw all hope out the window with no regret. Rumpa 2 starts off with everybody waking up on a remote island. Hooray, off to a great start. However, like the previous game, they're told they have to kill each other to escape by the one and only Despair Bear Monomonomonokuma. But this time it isn't just him. He has an assistant teacher, Monami. But we're not here to focus on them, are we? Let's get to the music. To copy the tropical island in the middle of nowhere, relaxing beach and spa music plays throughout the game. Until someone slaughtered, under a party table, during a party, yay. You're thrown into a trial room where you have to find out who done it. Yes, you're playing detective. God, I want to talk about a special part of the trial right now, but I'll save the best for last. More things about the trial, huh? Well, other than the absolutely slapping music, mm, love it. There is tension. And how is this tension created? Through audio, of course. Yes, Dengarumpa sneaks in a string ensemble and harpsichord every so often to create rising tension, hairs on ends, and an electrifying experience. Something that's exclusive to Dengarumpa 2 is actually the changing scenery around the trial each chapter. It changes for every single unique and special trial. One day you're debating who killed who on a beach, the other in a relaxing terrarium. How fun! Now, before I talk a whole essay on the second game, let's get the third game started. The third game is action-packed, full of perfect moments, and, well, it's got a really short antagonist. How's the weather down there, Kokichi? <laughs> on another note, this game takes place in an overgrown school in a... Dome? Yes, folks, a dome. We're in a Pokeball- wait, wrong game. Well, the entire school campus is in a dome. Once again, like before, students are forced to kill each other. Yada yada, you get the picture, Who done it? but the music. Mmm, music. If music were food, this whole game would be scrum-diddly-umptious. The music in Danganronpa always sets the tone. Walking down a calm hallway, they got the perfect track for that. How about doing that but sad? They got a track for that too. Danganronpa has hundreds of audio files purely for music. Music, music, music. The harpsichord, the piano, the strings, the vocals. Too perfect. So, what I'm trying to say is that there is an abundance of music. They have fitting music for every situation. Someone arguing with your alibi? The song would be Class Trial Revival Edition. Preparing? That one would be Trial Prepare. Got punched across the face? Play the song Wonderful Story. A body been discovered? Play Body Discovery A through E. There are five different versions of a body discovery announcement. Praise the audio department. We found ourselves the music gods. Now, for the best part. 
Rebuttal showdown! The best ever part of Dang and Runpa. got imaginary katanas. You slice through people's allegations and fake alibis, slice, slice, slice through the guilty person's lies, and show your classmates the truth about who killed who. And that music, that music. I could dance to it all day. Chapter two, though, it broke me. Two of my favorite characters right down the drain. If only all fish were passive. Well, that was the end of my segment today. I am absolutely heartbroken to see every single character I love die, but honestly, it hurts so good. Go play Danganronpa. Go get attached to those characters. Go cry about their deaths just like I did. Wait, 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 wait. Don't stop the recording. I have to hint at our next segment. Our next segment is going to be on a video game that especially picked up popularity around 2014. With a bear, a bunny, a chicken, and a fox, anything could be scary. I shouldn't tell anything else or I'll just, you know, leak the entire script. Whoops. <laughs> this is Samulicious at the Boombox and we will see you next time. Peace. place podcast it's another month and another episode of the king ducky show how is everyone doing today we eating right we sleeping we're getting up going to work not calling in any of those days off good it's been a month for me so far literally like four days after the last episode of the out of place podcast aired on everything i went to the eye doctor to get some new glasses because my glasses had been broken so many times (laughs) I got my eyes checked and it was taking as long as it usually does because every time I go into the eye doctor, I'm like, hey, I got double vision in my left eye. And he's like, so is it in both eyes? And I'm like, no, it's just in my left eye. And take note, every eye doctor I've been to before this doctor was in the army. It was an army doctor and they always called me stupid. They always said that I was wrong, that you can't have double vision in one eye, blah, 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 all that fun shit. And I was like, well, then why did it take so long for your machines to um, figure out what's going on with my eye? And he's like, well, I don't know, but you're wrong. I was like, all right, just give me my glasses. And finally, I actually went to a competent doctor. I was able to go to an actual decent eye doctor, got my eye checked out. And she's like, well, your left eye can't be corrected. Is that normal for you? I was like, yeah, it's been like that for years, ever since I was little. But every doctor I've talked about it to has always said, nah, you're good. So I've just taken it with a grain of salt and just kept on going. Embrace the suck. So this doctor, after a few minutes, she looks at me and tells you, she's like, well, Dougie, I don't know how to tell you this, but... (sighs) 
you have something called keratoconus or keratoconus. I don't know if the T is silent, but there's a T in the middle of it. Like it's a K-E-R-A-T-O-C-O-N-U-S. I don't really know the pronunciation. And she's like, it's pretty much where a disease in your eyes is breaking down an enzyme and it's forcing the cornea to basically, instead of like everybody else's eye, it's like a round shape like a round dome over the eye, yours is coning. And I'm like, so can it be fixed? (laughs) She's like, nah, can't be fixed. I was like, oh, so I'm just going to be blind forever. She's like, not necessarily. It can be stopped. Can't be fixed, but it can be stopped from getting worse. And you can get this like special contact. I think it's called like a scleral contact lens. It's huge. She showed me one. It's absolutely huge. And uh, it's just a glass, like a hard, I don't know if it's glass, but it's a hard contact that just kind of like sits over the eye and it kind of encaptures the liquid and forms that round gel layer that's supposed to be there. And it just makes it to where I'd see 2020 or near 2020 out of that eye, but only with the contact lens in. So good news. I'm not blind ish, but I do have to wear a special contact for the rest of my life, which is fine. But then the next day, I wake up to a call from some random lawyer. It's just like, hello, is this is this Ducky? They didn't say Ducky. They said my regular name. But is this Ducky? I was like, yeah, what's up? Who is this? He's like, my name's Mr. Lawyer from this company out in Arizona. I was like, Arizona? What did I do in Arizona that they're just now calling me about? I left there after I got out the army like two years ago. They're like, oh, you have done nothing. I'm sure. I was like, well, then why are you calling me? He's like, it's about your ex-wife. I was like, "Uh uh-oh, what'd she do? She's like, well, she was found doing all sorts of stuff. And basically, there's some sort of paperwork that says her kid is your biological child. And I said, unless time travel is real, that can't be my kid. Because that kid was six months old when I got when I met her. And so they're like, okay, well, now we need you to take a paternity test to make sure this kid isn't yours. And I'm like, dude, I can show you pictures of literally the day we met and that kid being in the picture with a timestamp and everything. I literally met her like a couple weeks after I got stationed out at Fort Huachuca and freaking... And it was just like, why? What paperwork says that I'm the father? They're like, sir, we can't tell you that. I was like, well, I sure hope you could. If not, I'm going to find out from the courts. That's another thing I got to do. This month, I have to go to court because they have some sort of paperwork saying that I'm the father. What? Like, don't get me wrong. I love kids. I've always wanted a kid. But right now, I physically cannot take care of a kid. And if they try to give me her kid, I will never, ever be able to get away from that woman. So I'm literally going to tell them. It was like, I'm not the father. And unless there can be like some sort of way where not even God would know that I got the kid, then no. I'm not taking that risk. I do not want to have to talk to this woman for the rest of my damn life. And they're just like, but sir, we need you to come to court. We need you to take the parental test. And we need you to follow along this process so we can get everything taken care of. And I'm not going to talk bad about her on the podcast. That's kind of rude to do. I've already done it one time. (laughs) So I'm not going to do it again. But there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. And it's just like, mother, can I just get a break? No. Can't be a king without knocking over a couple kingdoms, right? I don't even know if that made any sense. I don't know. It made sense in my brain before I said it, so I said it. (laughs) So that's how my month's going so far. It's just not good. (laughs) I don't know what else is going to happen. I hope nothing else happens. Like, next thing you're going to tell me is I have, like, stage four terminal ouchies, and I won't be able to do anything for the rest of my life, which would suck. That means I get to hang out with you guys 
and stream on Twitch for the rest of my life, but also be broke, which would not be fun. <laughs> I'd probably DoorDash. I don't know. But that's the first thing on my list is getting that surgery because I also have to get a surgery done to stop it, to stop the eye thing. Next month, actually, you know what? Let's talk about it this month. On my Twitch, I have partnered with some with a with a very special company. It's called Mana. It's a it's a banking card like Cash App, PayPal, whatever the fuck else is out there. I know there's like so many like bank apps that are out there that are just apps. Mana's special. It's it's for gamers, and I know there's already a gaming card out there that came out recently. But Mana, they take it to a whole nother level. The other day, I was hanging out in Discord with them, and we just cracked up laughing. We just literally for pretty much a whole hour and a half just spent the whole time just sending gifts back and forth and just laughing and apparently one of the mana owners is my mom now i don't know how that happened but it did but it was just such a fun time and honestly i have never had such good customer service with a bank like i used to bank with navy federal chase wells fargo and yeah their customer service was okay but mana customer service like i've literally sent in i think like four tickets to be like hey is this all right um did i do it right blah 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 and so they reach out to me within like the hour and they're like hey yeah yeah everything's good and if it wasn't they'd be like hey we got a fix for you do you need anything else before we leave and i gotta say mana has the best support and staff out there for any bank I have ever banked with. They are fantastic. I have never had an app that could make me trust them by making me laugh and having outstanding customer support. And it's pretty cheap too, in a sense. You pay 150 bucks. I think it's 150 or 120. I'm not too sure. I have to look at my partner spreadsheet again. But you pay 120 or 50 bucks for a whole year of a pro subscription and you get a Damascus card if you want. You could get the regular plastic one, but if you're paying 120 bucks, I want that bougie Damascus metal card. It's fantastic. Plus, you get like crazy benefits and there's always a giveaway. And if you're a pro user, you're always in the in the drawing to get to win. You know, it's kind of cool. Like the other day, I want a pro. I want to give away for more pro. So I've already paid for a year, but now I have it for two years. And one of them is free. <laughs> like, how awesome is that? I recommend it to absolutely everybody. Just M-A-N-A, like in video games, that little blue bar. Other than that, I got to hang out with my parents for a little bit this month. Um, my dad, he's a traveling construction worker. Um, that's not actually his job title. He's supposed to be like higher up in the food chain for that. Like he's supposed to be the dude that sits out at the job sites, making sure everybody does what they're supposed to do. But you know how it goes. People that have been there for longer, they like to run the show and everybody who's new. But he came home for a little bit. I got to hang out with him and my stepmom. I went and hung out with my mom for a little bit. It was fun. I haven't run into any more Karens recently. Thankfully, I still think about that Karen daily. It's hilarious. It makes me laugh. (laughs) Did you guys hear about the Uvalde dude? The Uvalde police chief trying to sue for his job back or something because he feels like he was like wrongfully fired. If you know what happened, then yeah, but I'm not going to talk about it on the podcast because it was terrible and he deserved to be fired. But that's just crazy to me that anybody can sue anybody for anything. Like as a voice actor, I could sue somebody who's still currently using my voice, but they told me that they didn't want to work with me anymore because I got sick with COVID and I wasn't able
able to do their skit because unlike with my allergies, my voice is still kind of decent. But when I had COVID, my voice was terrible. It was raspy. It was low and high. It was weird. And so she gave my role to somebody else, told me she didn't want to work with me anymore, but she still uses my voice to this day. And I could just go and sue her because she's using a, a voice clip that I sent her a year ago. Like, that's crazy how much power people hold. Like, I could sue her for millions. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how much money you get back from that. It'd be like, I, I want to sue her for the amount of revenue she's made in all of her YouTube videos with my voice, blah, blah, blah. Something like that. I don't know. But it's just a lot of power people hold in their hands and it's illegal. You can do it. You can literally ruin an entire person's life just by suing them for doing something you didn't like. Like, I think somebody sued Subway because their bread isn't really bread. It's more of a cake, which is still technically bread. Because when I look at like a, a pound cake box, it looks like bread to me, right? Like the, the f-ing Betty Crockett pound cake or what is it? I think it's pound cake. I don't know. I don't know sh- about cake, but it looks like bread. And that, that'd be, that means someone could have sued my grandma because when she ever she made brownies, bless her heart, right after church when we were little, we'd come up, we'd go over to grandma's house for dinner and brownies and we finished dinner and then grandma would set out this plate of brownies and it was really just cake. It really was. It was so fluffy, but it was so delicious. And me and my sister, we were so such good kids that we didn't have the heart to be like, Grandma, this is cake. <laughs> oh my goodness. But that means I, someone could sue my grandma for that shit. Like, how crazy is that? <laughs> but anyway, that's my time. I hope all of you have a great rest of your day. I hope all of you have a great rest of your month. I will see you guys in the month of October. And I'm sorry again for my audio being quite terrible. Being sick, I haven't had time to really update the new setup with all the foam pads and the decent microphone. Um, so I do apologize. But I will see you guys in the month of October. And Casey... Is that a new bag? Looks stunning. It matches your outfit. It matches your shoes. Your eye- makes your eyes pop. Good choice. Good choice. A cowboy's a man with guts in the horse. A cowgirl is strong will and independent. Have a tilt of your Stetson for one who love the freedom of a wide open range. You with the dusty jeans, dirty boots, and rough heads. Turn off the radio, let the tailgate down. It's a western life, and for me, it's all I need. Howdy y'all and welcome to High Noon. I hope y'all had a good Labor Day weekend and that's what we're talking about today. The history of Labor Day and how it came to be. Observed the first Monday in September, Labor Day is an annual celebration of the social and economic achievement of American workers. The holiday is rooted in the late 19th century when labor activists pushed for a federal holiday to recognize the many contributions workers have made to America's strength, prosperity, and well-being. Before it was a federal holiday, Labor Day was recognized by labor activists and individual states. After municipal ordinances were passed in 1880, and 1886, a movement developed and secured state legislation. New York was the first state to introduce a bill, but Oregon was the first to pass a law recognizing Labor Day on February 21, 1887. 
During 1887, four more states, Colorado, Massachusetts, New Jersey, and New York, passed laws creating a Labor Day holiday. By the end of the decade, Connecticut, Nebraska, and Pennsylvania had followed suit. By 1894, 23 more states had adopted the holiday, and on June 28th, 1894, Congress passed an act making the first Monday in September of each year a legal holiday. Who first proposed the holiday for workers? It's not entirely clear, but two workers can make a solid claim to the founder of Labor Day's title. Some records show that in 1882, Peter J. McGuire, General Secretary of the Brotherhood of Carpenters and Joiners and Co-Founder of the American Federation of Labor, suggested setting aside a day for a general holiday for the labor class to honor those who from rude nature have developed and carved all the grandeur we behold. But Peter McGuire's place in Labor Day history has not gone unchallenged. Many believe that machinist Matthew McGuire, not Peter McGuire, founded the holiday. Recent research seems to support the connection that Matthew McGuire, later than Secretary of Local 344 of the International Associates of Machinists in Pearson, New Jersey, proposed the holiday in 1882 while serving as Secretary of the Central Labor Union in New York. According to the New Jersey Historical Society, after President Cleveland signed the law creating a National Labor Day, the Patterson Morning Call published an opinion piece stating that the souvenir pen should go to Alderman Matthews McGuire of the city, who is the undisputed author of Labor Day as a holiday. Both McGuire and McGuire. <laughs> attended the county's first Labor Day parade in New York City that year. It's still disputed today, and we'll learn a little more after the break. Are you tired of looking too good? Now introducing Dr. Ugly's Ugly Sticks. Thanks to our patented ugly technology, we have the best ugly sticks in the market, shown to be 95% more effective than our competitors. Order now and get two free. Just call 1-800-I-WANNA-BE-UGLY. Dr. Ugly's Ugly Sticks are not responsible for any permanent ugliness. And we're back. The first Labor Day holiday was celebrated on Tuesday, September 5th, 1882, in New York City in accordance with the plan of the Central Labor Union. The Central Labor Union held its second Labor Day holiday just a year later on September 5th, 1883. Many Americans celebrate Labor Day with parades, picnics, and parties. Festivities very similar to those outlined by the first proposal for a holiday, which suggested that the day should be observed, a street parade to exhibit the strength and esprit de corps of the trade, and labor organizations of the community followed by the festival for the recreation and amusement of the workers and their families. This became the pattern for the celebration of Labor Day. Speeches by prominent men and women were introduced later as more emphasis was placed upon the economic 
and civic significance of the holiday. Still later, by a resolution of the American Federation of Labor Convention of 1909, the Sunday preceding Labor Day was adopted as Labor Sunday and dedicated to the spiritual and educational aspects of the labor movement. American labor has raised the nation's standards of living and contributed to the greatest production the world has ever known. And the labor movement has brought us closer to the realization of our traditional ideas of economic and political democracy. It is appropriate, therefore, that the nation pays tribute on Labor Day to the creator of so much of the nation's strength, freedom, and leadership, the American worker. And before I go, I want to leave you with Hard Hat and a Hammer by Alan Jackson. Up boots and faded jeans, a homemade sandwich, a half a jug of tea, the average Joe, the average pay, the same old end, the same old day. But there's nothing wrong with a hard hat and a hammer, kind of glue that sticks this world together. Hands of steel and cradle of the promised land. God bless the working man. All week long, making a living. Life keeps taking, he keeps giving. Behind the scene, below the grave. I hardly noticed, but part of everything. But there's nothing wrong with a hard hat and a hammer. Kind of glue that sticks this world together Hands of steel and cradle of the promised land God bless the working man He gives his life and fades away Another young man takes his place Average Joe, average pay The same old end, the same old day But there's nothing wrong with a hard hat and a hammer Kind of glue that sticks this world together Hands of steel and cradle of the promised land No, there's nothing wrong with a hard hat and a hammer Kind of glue that sticks this world together Hands of steel and cradle of the promised land God bless the working man The working man Call the working man Now we're at the end. I hope all of y'all have a good high noon.
Welcome back to the Wine and Shine podcast. It is your lovely, I don't know, at least I hope, lovely host, Luna Wilson. So today I am sipping on some brand new wine that I found at Total Wine. I'm guessing the brand is called Bitter Kiss. It says something about orange and it says Lyon. <laughs> this essence. I mean, I can speak French, but I'm completely butchering this right now. It's very, very delicious though. Um, it's like 70% Chenin Blanc and 30% Melon B. Don't ask me what that means because I don't know. Some people know their wines. I don't. I just drink it. I just drink it. I'm like, if it looks good, sounds good, I'm there. And it has alcohol in it. That's all that's important to me. But anyways, I'm done with that. But that's what I'm sipping on today. I am just sitting here in my room and it is the 1st of September and I'm super, super excited. So I wanted to get an episode out because I feel like I've just been slacking and I just want to get something out of my system and kind of use this to vent just a little bit. I can honestly say that balancing so many things in life can just literally suck your soul out because it's like, what do you do? Some days you feel like you're capable of conquering the world. Some days you feel like you can do literally anything. Some days you feel like you can have anything you want. Anything is possible. But you know, even on good days, anything is possible. And on bad days, anything is possible. So it goes both ways and it's still a good thing. But also at the same time, you have to remember to cut yourself some slack and don't impose too many expectations on yourself. It just gets to a point where it's messy and then you feel like you're striving for perfection, which is what I've been feeling like lately. Um, I feel like I've been striving for perfection and perfection just doesn't exist. It really doesn't. I feel like we are all just perfectly imperfect and that's perfectly okay, if that makes any sense. But I've just been really, really hard on myself because we always put these timelines on ourselves like, well, I'm going to have a baby at this age. I'm going to get married at this age. I'm going to have a promotion at this age or whatever. But realistically, can we really plan things out like that? I don't think so. I mean, most of the time we can, but I feel like a lot of that is out of our control. Sometimes I do wish that I had pursued, pursued, <laughs> pursued a career in acting when I was a little bit younger. I'm not like old or anything like that. It's like just a normal college aged gal. I guess sometimes we have to get that out of our head that we should have done this or we should have done that. What matters is that we're doing it now. And what matters is that we're pursuing it now. That's the only thing that freaking matters, honestly, is like, um, you can wish all you want to go back in the past, but it's just not going to happen. Might as well just get over that. But anyways, to make this podcast a little bit more fun, we're going to transition into talking about fun things for Halloween and the upcoming Holy Trinity months of October, November, and December. I cannot believe that it's like September right now. Um, this year 
just flew by so quickly. And I, I, and I honestly hope that time does slow down just a little bit because it's like, come on now, come on now. But I can honestly say that this year has been a really good year, really eye-opening. And I've learned a lot. I've grown a lot. So I feel super grateful for that. But now that it's September, we can talk about all sorts of like fun things like pumpkin spice lattes, pumpkin flavored donuts, which my best friend who lives out in Georgia, I miss you so much. Yes, I just really wish that I could have a pumpkin spice latte with my best friend right now. That would be epic and iconic and just name a more iconic duo than me and my best friend. You really can't. <laughs> no. But um, anyways, um, I'm just excited because I feel like this time of the year is always magical. But especially around this time, there's literally something always in the air. It's like magic, hope, and I don't know. It just feels like anything is possible. I just feel like more motivated during the fall than I do than any other time. Don't get me wrong. I feel motivated pretty much just as much as the average person, normal person. I don't know. I guess everybody thrives during their favorite time or something like that. And I feel like that's definitely true. So that's probably why I feel the way I do. Like lately I've been feeling so creative and I've been wanting to be like, yeah, I want to do something creative and fun. I just really do, especially with my partner, uh, my current partner right now, I have been inspired to pursue acting. It's just really amazing when you have a significant other that does support you. It's a whole game changer, which reminds me, never settle for anything less. There you go. I'm just excited. I definitely thrive more during the fall and I just really want to enjoy this time of the year and watch all of the spooky movies. So since we are in September, I'm going to just talk about a few of my favorite horror movies right now. This is kind of a mixed subject podcast, so I'm sorry. Horror movies, horror movies. Or to begin with that, let's see. I remember when I was younger, like a child, I used to be terrified of horror movies. I used to just be like, oh my gosh, I cannot watch these, but I still watch them anyways because... I don't know, reasons. But I always used to sleep in my parents' room and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure that we all went through that phase, of course. It's kind of funny now how when I look back on that versus my adult self now, who absolutely loves horror movies. I would say the horror movie that caught my attention this year for 2022 alone was X, which is a movie that was distributed by A24 and... A24, if you're listening, I definitely want to be in one of your horror movies, okay? Cast me as a final girl, hashtag please. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, X was my favorite movie of this year. It's, um, I don't even know where to begin with that movie. There was like so many deep meanings in the movie. It's like people watched it and they were like, yeah, this is a weird film. In which it is because it's a film about a group of young adult filmmakers who are making an adult film. Of course, they're making something erotic and they're doing it in rural Texas on the property of these elderly couple who is obviously, you know, on the spectrum of aging and leaning towards death. And they have these young filmmakers come to their property and they're just so young and they're having sex still. And they're just doing all of this stuff that young people are considered to do. I loved the message in the movie about being young and getting older. 
that's why I love that movie so much. And plus it was really funny and unique and it touched on a whole lot of topics about like sexuality, sexual liberation, because I feel like that's kind of like the times that we're living in right now. Um, a little bit kind of like the 70s sexual revolution thing where sometimes I feel like people think that sex is still like a taboo thing. You're not supposed to talk about it, especially if you're a woman. You can't express any sort of sexual desire or sexual something without being uh, dragged for it, usually, sometimes. I know that for men, they feel a certain way as well, because after all, men are human, too. I don't know, I would really love to get a man's perspective on that as well. Because I'm curious to know both perspectives. Obviously, I can't experience both, but I would love to know. Because, you know, there's a lot these days on that. Another one of my favorite Halloween movies is Idle Hands. The one with Devin Sawa. It came out in 1999. And it is one of my favorite all-time favorite Halloween movies ever. It's about this young teenager named Anton whose hand gets possessed. And um, all Anton does is like literally sit there and smoke weed all day. He doesn't even go to school. He just gets stoned and gets high and that's it. And then his friends and stuff like that are stoners as well. And it's just a really good comedy horror and a very, very culty 90s classic flick. It's got Seth Green, Jessica Alba, you know, all of the OG actors from way back when. Definitely recommend that. I remember when I was a little tiny eight-year-old, I used to love Casper Meets Wendy. That was my favorite Casper movie, okay? I used to sit there and watch it over and over and over and over and over and over again. I was like, yeah. Look back on that now, I'm like, what was so appealing about this movie again? Other than the fact that it has Hilary Duff in it and Shelley Duvall. Shelley Duvall is a brilliant actress. Super sweet woman. Super amazing. But what was she thinking doing Casper meets Wendy? That was so... No. No, honey, no. She went from The Shining to that, but that was not good. Love you, Shelly. Okay, don't get me wrong. Definitely always a classic, a favorite, and of course, you cannot go without Hocus Pocus. And we have to talk about Hocus Pocus because the reboot is coming to Disney Plus this month. So, of course, Hocus Pocus is something that we have to talk about. I'm super excited for the reboot. I am excited to see the Sandins, the Sandinson, the Sanderson um, sisters again. I'm excited to see who is the virgin that's going to light the black candle now. Wink, wink. Do we know? I don't know. Or how are they going to approach the plot in the reboot. Super excited. I cannot wait. Hocus Pocus, definitely a classic. Horror has gotten a whole lot better over time, but speaking of time, I am crunched for it, but um, I will continue in the next episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I will see you guys next time, and I promise I will jam it into my busy college schedule that I also have jobs to do, too. <laughs> yeah, I need to work on myself. Okay, bye guys. We're going to have our international news, and then we're going to have a report from Argentina about a takeover of the school system from a private company in cooperation with the government of the area. So if I were you, I'd stick around to hear that. So let's get into international news.
News. From ABC News, in Islamabad, Pakistan, nearly half a million people are crowded into camps after losing their homes to a widespread flooding in the area. The climate minister warned Monday that Pakistan is on the front line of the world's climate crisis after unprecedented monsoon rains racked the country since mid-June, killing more than 1,130 people. From Reuters in Baghdad, Iraq, the state news agency INA has reported a new 1530, that's 3.30 p.m. for all you normal folk, curfew will be put in place to keep people inside after the time. From the BBC, Cuba bids for foreign investment to tackle goods shortages. Cuba says it will allow foreign investors into its wholesale and retail trade for the first time in six years. The move is a major shift for the island nation's communist government and overturns a 1960s Fidel Castro policy of nationalizing retail. From TalkBusiness.net, Tyson Food fires international group boss. China halts some U.S. imports. Chris Langholz, the international group president for Tyson Foods since November 2019, was fired on Friday, August 26th, effective immediately, according to the Springdale, Arkansas-based meat giant made Monday, August 29th, with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. Langholz was based in Singapore, and his total compensation in 2021 was more than $5.289 million making him one of the company's five highest-paid executives. Before joining Tyson's Foods in late 2019, Langholz spent roughly 25 years in Cargill, where he ran poultry businesses in China and the Asia-Pacific region. Prior to that, he was regional director for the U.S. Grains Council in Malaysia. From MSNBC News, UN inspectors had the Ukrainian nuclear plant at the center of radiation disaster fears. The International Atomic Energy Commission is set to arrive in the Russian-occupied Zaporizhia power plant in southern Ukraine this week, following multiple Russian bombings of the area and missilings of the area. Many locals are lining up to receive iodine tablets, expecting the worst from the power plant. Many speculate that a repeat of the Chernobyl disaster to come to pass due to the constant and ever-present missling of the power plant due to Russia's attacks. The Atomic Energy Agency Commission plans to come in and inspect damage from these attacks and hopefully say or ensure that this will not become a nuclear disaster such as Chernobyl was to the world. The final part of our international news today comes from Argentina, where we have a special report with what is going on in Argentina with their education system. We have an interview with a teacher from Argentina, as well as multiple news articles speaking about what is going on. To begin with, I'll narrate the interview I had with the Argentinian teacher, this interview was conducted via text due to her schedule not lining up with the American time frame. I begin by asking her to state her name and in her own words describe what is going on. She responded, my name is Isabella Grigorati. I am currently an adjunct teacher for history of Greece in my university. Basically, the previous center-right government of Mauricio Macri, part of the PRO political party, required a massive loan from the International Monetary Fund that the current government has agreed to pay. The deal the current government has reached with the International Monetary Fund states not only the whole pay of the debt, but it comes with a serious conditions that hazards the education of the country in all of its levels. First of all, 
One of the requests of the International Monetary Fund is the dismantling of 29 universities that form teachers of elementary, high school, and university. I am part of the most concurred of all of them, the Instituto del Profesorado in Education, Superior Dr. Joaquin V. Gonzalez. She goes on to say that the objective is closing them all. In favor of new one created probably by the request of the International Monetary Fund, where teachers are not teachers anymore, we are quote-unquote content facilitators, which basically means teaching without critical thinking. They don't promote critical thinking. They promote a trash education based on creating a future workforce submissive and unaware of their rights. Coincidentally to these parameters, in CABA, Suidad Autonoma de Buenos Aires, it is mandatory high schoolers to work for free in different places to obtain their diplomas. Not only most of these high schoolers are between the age of 16, 17, and 18, two ages being legally minors still, but most of these places where they work are low-income places, like they are preparing them to work at McDonald's on. All of these changes in education started coincidentally a few months after the PRO government requested the loan from the International Monetary Fund, and most political parties seemed to agree with the conditions. End of quote by Isabella. The International Monetary Fund is notorious for giving large loans to small developing countries and demanding huge promises and policies from them that benefit them greatly, such as the one where they demand that the seniors do a certain amount of work at private companies which are not local to the area to be able to receive their diplomas. Not only this, these companies hire these students for free or else it does not count towards their diplomas. After hearing about this from Isabella, I went on to search for articles speaking about this and I found several from Arieras, UTE, Talon Digital, and multiple from Tiempo Argentino, all native to the region of Argentina. Both the UTE and Arieras articles speak about the fifth-year students having to work for free for these private companies to be able to receive their diplomas. Unable to apply to mom-and-pop shops or any local shops, they have to apply to certain private businesses to conduct themselves for free to be able to receive these diplomas. Isabella, as well as Tiempo Argentino and Talam Digital, have all three spoken about during COVID, the government used the time to be able to advance the schools known as Unicaba and pushing out regular teachers from the universities, high schools, and other places where these students might have gone to, as well as the protests that have been conducted by the students and teachers alike that have been dealt with by the police as riots unjustly. All the while, according to Tiempo Argentino, Saladada Acuna still continues to push for these schools that are supported by the International Monetary Fund and shutting down schools that create teachers that support open-minded thinking and push these new schools which allow for industrialized, closed-minded workforce prepping schools from this private company. 
Whenever I asked Isabella for a final comment or anything she would like to say, she said this. My thoughts on the IMF implication is the dismantling of universities promoting child labor, leaving teachers without jobs, draining the common people's wallets for a debt nobody asked for, puts in perspective how representatives of developed and Pacific countries and regions actually keep their levels of wealth by leeching off countries that had no saying in the international division of work and keep suffering their economic neo-colonialism. I am doing my best to use my connections to bring this story higher because I believe it is a very important story about government corruption ruining the education of a country. If you want to see any sort of change in this, be sure to bring it up to those around you, as well as someone who might have any sort of hand in the situation. Remember, you always have the ability to change the world. It's just about how far you're willing to push. And that wraps up International now I'll admit the news back home this month is a little bit slow. It's everything you're used to. More inflation, more expensive gas, and maybe one or two stories worth mentioning. But this month's national news was overshadowed by the Argentina report. And I'm afraid that's just how it's going to be. But still, here are our two stories for this month. The first story is about Representative Liz Cheney losing her primary for her incumbent seat as a representative. Many believe this is because of her outspoken criticism of ex-President Donald Trump, as well as her disenfranchising many of those in her voter base. Whenever speaking during her resignation of her campaign, she hinted at a 2024 run for president, and all sources from both sides have been very skeptic about this being even a possibility. Then the main national news this month is President Biden signing into effect the anti-inflation bill, which brings 87,000 new agents into the IRS over the next 10 years. To put that into scale, the ATF has 5,000 members and has been in effect for around 75 years, and 87,000 outnumbers the current active military of Canada. Many criticized the bill, saying its name is misleading and doing nothing to lower inflation, only hiring on more and more people into the IRS for some unknown reason. But it is not a stretch to say that this 87,000 could be equated to an army, seeing as it outnumbers Canada's army. I've been your host, Alex Hopper. Remember to stay informed, stay safe, and turn off the gas before you go to bed. Have a wonderful morning. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you like what you've been hearing on this podcast, I invite you to submit a rating on whatever you're listening to this episode on. If the app you're listening to this on doesn't have a rating system, then leave one on iTunes. This helps the podcast so very much. Besides word of mouth, it is another way to potentially attract new listeners. The higher the rating, the more likely people will give the podcast a chance. So please make sure to rate us everywhere you listen to Out of Place. And also show some awesome love to our wonderful host. 
If you want to contact them, the links are right next to their name. And to the fantastic voiceover artists that you heard in this episode, thank you. Listeners, if you want to contact them further, click the link right next to their names. To our lawyer listeners who made it to the end, we love you. We appreciate you. Goodbye. And always remember to smile.